changed is that 2021 presents the first year of mandatory disclosure. The sector has become very familiar with the various voluntary regimes, but on the 10th of March this year, the sustainable finance disclosure regulations will take effect and infrastructure managers marketing their funds in the EU will need to comply. Now, SFDR does not apply to all types of infrastructure investors. It, it really does attach primarily to those managers who are also AFIMs, but we believe that these regulations will set a benchmark for the industry. As a result of the timing of Brexit, which we all know was late last year, SFDR will not become UK law. So strictly speaking, if you're an infrastructure manager operating solely in the UK and offering your interests to UK investors only, then you wouldn't need to comply. But in our experience, most managers have European-wide operations and most do market in the EU. And as a result, they will be caught or alternatively, for operational reasons, will apply a consistent regime across all of their European markets. So the regulations are designed to elicit better disclosure, to allow investors to compare ESG credentials of different funds. But it is important to recognize that there are a number of really key strategic and operational decisions that are needed. For example, how your ESG considerations are taken into account with your remuneration policies. Look, I think that's right. Many are worried about the short period of time to the effective date. Um, thankfully, parts of the requirements initially allow an opt-in, opt-out approach. So that gives us a little bit more time. But we do expect the market to move to the opt-in regime pretty quickly, especially as managers who are focusing on this area seek to differentiate themselves. Um, and differentiation is going to be driven by investor appetite. A recent survey indicated that over 70% of investors are going to stop purchasing non-ESG products by 2022, but only 14 or so percent of managers are looking to offer these products. So we see a significant over-demand for ESG products. It's really quite different to an annual report, um, and this is primarily because the disclosures will be more real-time than an annual report, but they'll also be publicly available on websites. So your peers and your potential investors, and indeed your existing investors, will have full visibility of your ESG activities. Um, in addition, unlike annual reports, SFDR requires specific disclosures of what we call the principal adverse impacts. And these are things that your business has done to damage an ESG factor. This is unusual. Um, even in a prospectus, such matters would be presented as risks. So we think that there's real enhanced potential exposure or liability for companies in this area. Um, and it's really because you're having to lay your cards on the table as to your adverse impacts. And that's quite unique as far as regulation is concerned. Um, this is an issue that we've been looking at in quite a bit of detail. Integration of these requirements is a major challenge for businesses. Um, most have adopted voluntary approaches for a number of years now, and they've tailored them to their individual organization. Um, these systems also sat across a number of divisions, such as asset management and origination. 
And so bringing that all together, particularly when we're in a remote working environment, is, is really difficult. Um, and this is often in addition to what parties and, and companies have signed up to by way of third party reporting. Um, many in the infrastructure sector report, for example, into GRESB. But we are aware that organisations such as GRESB is working really hard to reconcile their requirements with those of SFDR and also the EU taxonomy. But it's not only integration, data collation is another major challenge for the industry. Um, and what we recommend is that businesses should look to implement contractual arrangements as far as they can going forward to ensure that their various counterparties are able to provide the information that they need. Yes, I think it is generally accepted that the infrastructure sector can make a really material positive impact on such matters. Um, that said, it is worth remembering that whilst asset classes such as renewables would naturally be seen as sustainable, under the EU taxonomy, in order to be classified as sustainable, you must also satisfy the do not significantly harm criteria. And often this poses challenges. For example, a wind farm that impacts bird migration may fall foul of this requirement. And similarly, solar or hydro projects that are located near and impact protected areas or areas of high biodiversity might also find themselves in the same category. At present, our clients tend to be focusing on compliance with these rules ahead of obviously what is now a pretty tight deadline of the 10th of March. But beyond that, I think we do see SFDR considerations playing into M&A due diligence processes um, and for some of our clients forming a really key part of their screening criteria. Yeah.